May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Christ, our Saviour. Of man's first disobedience and the fruit of that forbidden tree, whose mortal taste brought death into the world and all our woe, with loss of Eden till one greater restore us. So famously begins John Milton's poem, Paradise Lost. The story of Adam and Eve's disobedience in the Garden of Eden marks the beginning of God's overarching narrative of why it is we live in a world in which the way things are as they are. Now, of course, the fall of humanity and Adam and Eve's sin is not the beginning of the story. It's really Act 2, Scene 1. Act 1, as we heard read on Sunday and will be read again here on Christmas Day, is that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In the beginning, God. God the Creator made the world and mankind, and it was good. But Act 2, as Milton reminds us, tells the story of the fall. The fruit of that forbidden tree brought death into the world. Indeed, it's not just death and taxes that are inevitable, but all our woes. And more particularly, the separation, the shame, the isolation that always and inevitably follows from our estrangement from God. But this night, as it were, we celebrate Act Three of God's great narrative, that which Milton referenced in his words, till one greater restore us. And that of which St. John speaks, the Word made flesh. The incarnation stands in history as the tipping point, the moment in time that led to the great reversal of Satan's tyranny for all eternity. Jesus came not only to save us from our sins, but also, as we were thinking about on Sunday, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. What a truly awesome thing this is. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. O holy child of Bethlehem, cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. You know, if you want to grasp Christian theology, many of the great Christmas carols are not a bad place to start. I never cease to be moved by these great hymns at Christmas. I don't know about you, but I, I also found 
tonight's drama very moving. And that song, Breath of Heaven, always brings tears to my eyes. Now, of course, that's partly because I'm a sucker for tear-jerking songs. Um, well, not just songs, movies, books, they'll all do it. But, um, but did you hear the words of Mary that Annika sang? I wonder what I've done, Holy Father. You've chosen me now to carry your son. I am frightened by the load I bear in a world as cold as stone. Must I walk this path alone? Be with me. Be with me now. I should imagine many of us have formed such words in moments when we have felt isolation and separation from those we love or from God. And so we sing or cry or whisper, hold me together, be near me, help me, lighten my darkness, be with me. And then life interrupts, a person calls our name, a baby cries, the phone rings and we get caught up in the rush of life. But right now, right here, in this place, on this holy night, there are no interruptions, no phones are ringing. You're here. Just for a moment, be still. And know this God hears your plaintive. He hears the groaning of all creation, and he comes to be with us, Emmanuel. He does hold us together and lighten our darkness. Let him this night pour over you his holiness. A little later in this evening's drama, after the angels appeared to the shepherds, did you see the big angel with the big sword? He picked up the apple. What was that all about? Could it be reminiscent, perhaps, of the fruit of that forbidden tree whose mortal taste brought death into the world and all our woe? And then, that haunting song and dance. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you get it? Hannah, our dancer, depicted Eve, someone we don't usually find in the nativity drama. <laughs> and the words of the song have Mary speak to Eve with hope and with gladness. And now I know that part of the drama was just the story, it's not even from the Bible, but behind the beauty of the dance and the music lies a word for us this Christmas. Let me just read to you the words of that song, O Eve. My mother, my daughter, life-giving Eve, do not be ashamed, do not grieve. The former things have passed away. Our God has brought us to a new day. See, I am with child, through whom all will be reconciled. Oh Eve, my sister, my friend, we will rejoice together forever 
life without end. What profound truth is in those words. For the child that Mary bore was indeed the one through whom all could be reconciled to God. And our God comes to cover our shame, to take our grief, to be with us, to make us friends with God and with each other. And how did the events of that holy night bring about this great reconciliation? New Testament professor Luke Timothy Johnson, in his commentary on Luke's Gospel, invites us to reflect on the deeper dimensions of the sign given by the angels. He asks whether the threefold phrasing about what they were to do, you remember, you'll find him wrapped, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room. Perhaps that anticipates the same threefold rhythm of wrapped him in a linen cloth, placed him in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had yet been made. The birth and the burial, it seems, mirror each other. Now, whether Luke wrote it that way deliberately or not, the truth and poignancy remain. The one who came to be with us by being born and who was wrapped in cloths in a manger was the same one who gave himself for us in death and was wrapped in cloths in a tomb. Of course, God's story is not yet over. Act 4 is yet to come. One day, the infant born in Bethlehem, who went to die at Calvary, was raised to life again and ascended into heaven, will come again to make all things new. Not so long after Jesus was born, a group of highly intelligent philosophers paid close attention. And they went to great lengths to visit the young Jesus. They brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, gifts fit for a king. Now, I realise that for most of us in our society, giving presents at Christmas is more of a nice winter holiday tradition, fueled by the huge retailing engine off and online. But tomorrow, as you open your gifts, remember that the ultimate reason for giving Christmas presents is to remind us of God's gift to us. The most valuable and priceless gift ever given. Jesus. French philosopher Albert Camus once said, man cannot live without meaning. I think he was right in that statement, though not where it took him. The gifts around your tree may be terrific, but whatever joy they bring, it will not last. Until we are in a relationship with God, we will never find the true meaning and purpose of life. Maybe you've forgotten this. Maybe you've never heard this before or understood it. And if that's the case, then you know, I've got a small booklet that I should have brought up here in heaven, but never mind, uh, that I would love you to have, and it's called Why Christmas? And there are, there are some at the back tonight, and I'd love for you to pick one up, they're free, do take one. 
But I want to close by asking a question. What is it that you need this Christmas? Healing? Reconciliation? A way out of debt? Or loneliness? But what if God has other gifts for you than the ones that are on your list? William Willimon writes this. This is the way God loves us. With gifts we thought we didn't need, which transform us into people we don't necessarily want to be. With our advanced degrees, armies, government programs, material comforts, and self-fulfillment techniques, we assume that religion is about giving a little of our power in order to confirm to ourselves that we are indeed as self-sufficient as we claim. Then, this stranger comes to us, blesses us with a gift, and calls us to see ourselves as we are, empty-handed recipients of a gracious God who, rather than leave us to our own devices, gave us a baby. This night, as you come to the Lord's table, as you pause a while in this place, hear and receive God's word. Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore Christ the Lord.